0: This episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast is brought to you by Richard's Billiards. You've got nothing to do tonight. It's a Wednesday. You feel need to go shoot some pool. You feel need to go drink some beers and take a couple of shots, play some fool's ball with a couple of friends. Well, Richard's Billiards is the place for you. So if you guys got nothing to do, go over and uh, play all of their pool tables. Check out some of their awesome drink specials. Go ahead and play some of their foosballs if you want to and everything else like that. And also, if you get a chance, go ahead and mess around with their amazing jukebox. They got all sorts of music that you like. Everything from R&B to heavy metal to classic rock to old classic rock to um, uh, Tajano and all sorts of uh, other music that you may like. And who knows? you You may find something that will suit you and everything and also as you guys know uh and just to give everyone an update as to what's going on uh richard's billiards is having their show next week over at uh on thanksgiving thanksgiving's coming up next week and they're gonna have head ep headline over at richard's billiards next thursday it's uh thursday thanksgiving night november 28th i believe And they're also going to be featured with Black Listed Regulars as well. And I believe another band is going to be playing on it as well. The show is $12 a ticket. My apologies. $12 a ticket. And it will be $15 a day of the show. So if you guys are interested in checking out some badass fucking metal music and badass uh, show uh, on Thanksgiving... Head over to Richard's Billiards and get your tickets over there. Like I said before, it's going to be $12 a ticket and $15 a day of the show. And when you go there on the day of the show, um, Headbanger Incorporated COO, or I'm sorry, Head of Security, Adan Pena, will gladly escort you. You must not only show your ticket, but you also must show your proper ID. And also for you guys that are going to be there the day of the show, make sure you have your money ready and make sure you also have your ID ready to show Adan, and if you mess uh, mess around with him in any way possible, he will gladly escort you out of the building if you do anything wrong. Richards Billiards, welcome to the new era, and uh, I. And before we get into what we need to talk about today on the Made Event talk episode, uh, I have not, uh, I've not gotten my ticket yet. I'm gonna try and get it. Uh, there's sort of a, a little conflicting issue. Which I'm not going to get into on this episode just yet, but I will get into it on the next episode in the next couple of days. This is just the first episode, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first of two. The first of two episodes of the Main Event Talk podcast. I am the main event player, the Super C, Furman Torres coming back at you. The God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth and as this as this podcast is being released, you're hearing this right around probably five six o'clock in the morning, <coughs> and you're getting an opportunity to listen to it. Now I'm recording this right after AEW's Dynamite and NXT's show had already taken place, and uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, you know paper writing and all sorts of stuff about getting ready to what I'm going to say on this and uh, everything else like that. Now, this first podcast, this first the first podcast is going to have a lot to do with NXT TakeOver War Games coming up this coming Saturday night. Only on the WWE Network, we're going to be talking about that. And also, we're going to talk about the Jim Cornette controversy. We've got a lot of stuff we need to talk about that as well. And also to kind of cover what took place at AEW's Dynamite and NXT. Uh, both, shows, uh, both shows were tremendous, and I'll get right to that as soon as I can. And like I said, this is the first of two podcasts. The second podcast will be about WWE Survivor Series. And then also I'll also be able to give you another recap of NXT TakeOver WarGames. <clears throat> All right. All right, guys. Let's get right straight to the point. Uh, the first thing we're going to cover is obviously the Jim Cornette controversy. Uh, there was uh, some disparaging remarks. Disparaging remarks made by none other than the former... The manager of the Midnight Express, one of the greatest managers of all time, Mr. Jim Cornette. Now, before I get into the uh, before I get into the controversy, let me uh, let me tell you about how I feel about Jim Cornette and everything else like that. First of all, I'm a huge, huge fan of Jim Cornette. I have been a huge fan of him for a long, long time. I was a fan of Jim Cornette from the, uh, I would have to say, on the days of the Midnight Express, but not the original Midnight Express with uh, Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton. I was into the Midnight Express when it was uh, Beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan. Uh, During the time when I was uh, watching uh, some wrestling in the 80s, I was always watching some great, great tag teams from a long time ago. Uh, I remember the Road Warriors were one and the Fantastics were another. And uh, during that time, the Midnight Express were around, and the Midnight Express consists of beautiful Bobby Eaton, uh, Sweet Stan Lane, and Jim Cornette as their manager. Now, I have followed Jim Cornette's career for a long time, back in the days of the NWA, and also back in the days of WCW. He had did some stuff for Smoky Mountain Wrestling you guys know about that story and of course uh, he appeared in the wwe and uh, i still one of my favorite all-time moments for with jim Cornette has a lot to do with him and bobby the brain heenan when i first saw uh, an episode of monday night raw back in uh, 1993 i believe it was around august right around august of um 1993. I was watching an episode where uh, Bob Bobby the Brain Heenan was talking to Vince McMahon, and then all of a sudden, here comes Jim Cornette, and I, I immediately stand out of my chair right away when I saw Jim Cornette. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? It's Jim Cornette? No fucking way!" And Jim Cornette is coming down the aisle, and he's uh, and it was one of those one of those true truly great raw, raw moments when you see one of the greatest managers of all time and Bobby the Brain Heenan next to. Uh, a then future greatest manager of all time well he was a great manager no matter what anybody says Jim Cornette and it was just such as an awesome moment seeing Jim Cornette and seeing uh Bobby the Rain Heenan together in the middle of a raw ring so that's pretty awesome in uh, every way possible uh I followed Jim Cornette when he was uh managing Yokozuna uh, follow him when he managed the British Bulldog and Owen Hart and everything else in that particular major. I was even following him when he did his original Cornet's commentaries back during the Attitude Era. And uh, he had a lot of uh, really cool things he had to say. And some of the things that he was saying about tradition and professional wrestling, everything that he said about it was real. Uh, I also followed him when he was in the uh, an OVW, I believe. Uh, uh, you know, I... I didn't see much of the OVW that Jim Cornette was a part of, but I know that uh, I've seen some of the uh, you know some of the things that he did there. Also, of course, we know he was the um, public. He was known as the public face of TNA wrestling. He was Jim Cornette, You know, Jim Cornette was a part of that deal. And then, of course, he was a part of Ring of Honor. He was a part of uh, many things that uh, he has done over in his entire career. Uh, I even followed him a long time ago uh, when I started doing. When I started listening to a lot of the podcasts a long time ago, the first podcast I ever listened to was Jim Cornette's commentaries. And um, back then, th- there were you know the the quality of the podcasts were not as good as how it was how it is now. But I had a chance to listen to it, and I love listening to Jim Cornette. You know his views on not only what goes on in professional wrestling but also his viewpoints of politics and i'm someone that is not a fan of politics i could give two shits of a flying fuck about you know uh politics and everything but jim cornett really gives me a, a good view of what i see in uh you know politics and stuff of course um i follow jim cornett now through uh the jim Cornette's drive through and also the experience uh, I love listening to those podcasts every chance i get and man he, he's he 's not only a funny individual he 's one of these individuals that i I truly have a lot of respect for and everything and you know I you know I I share his point of view when it comes to Vince Russo because I don't like Vince Russo either. I share his point of view when it comes to people like um, Joey Ryan and and Priscilla Kelly and all these other outlaw mug show jackoffs that do these ridiculous stupid things that make professional wrestling look like a damn joke. And I know Jim Cornette call, calls out that stuff and everything. Now recently, um, there was something that I looked at, uh, that I saw, and it was uh, pretty much blown up all over Twitter, and I'd like to uh, also address this because I I was trying to figure all this out on my own as to what he said, okay? So I still remember when I saw the premiere of NWA Power. I always love to watch it every Tuesday. Uh, NWA Power is such an awesome show to check out on YouTube. I love seeing it every Tuesday and everything When I saw the episode I I was watching the matchup with uh, Trevor Murdoch taking on the NWA world champion uh, Nick Aldis at the time and it was just a one-on-one match between these two no titles on the line It was great, but I didn't follow up on uh, what Jim Cornette had mentioned uh, the, the the racial comment that he made now I didn't hear it. Uh, I know. I remember some funny comment about fried chicken. I remember that comment, but I wasn't sure what what the racial comment was really all about. I really wasn't. And then when I saw the show, they actually edited out the show. When well, they, I guess they took it down. When they brought it back on, they showed it, and it was basically the same show, but they edited out the comment that. Um, that happened during a matchup with uh, Nick Aldis and uh, uh, Trevor Murdoch. Now, I heard the comment. I heard what Jim Cornette said, and um, I, um, I th- th- there's so many things that I'm I'm trying to figure out in my head as to what racist comment that what he was saying here. Now. It, it, the, the word ethiopian i i heard that word come out and i was like thinking in my head okay uh what what's Ethiopian and i was i went ahead and googled it and it's somewhat similar to black and that's what it is you know, and, you know they're basically black people but Here's the odd part about that racial comment. And, and, and they, they talk, he, he was talking about something about strapping on a bucket of fried chicken on the back of a scooter going through Ethiopia. I think that's what he said, if I remember that correctly. Um, the, 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 here's, here's, the, here's the part where I'm wondering where the racist comment is coming from. You have the NWA world champion Nick Aldis in the ring. He's, he's, he's British. You have Trevor Murdoch in the ring. He's a southern boy from Texas. We know that. They're both white. I'm wondering where the black person is involved in this whole situation. I'm wondering about that. Now, I, I know that... It, 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 here's here's my my thought on this. My thought on it is this. I know that Jim Cornette, what, what he said was, you know, obviously outlandish and it was wrong, and and it's not the first time he's done something you know, like this, and it probably won't be the last and, you know, and the thing with Jim Cornette is, yes, you're going to expect a whole lot of things coming out of his mouth and everything else like that but in, at the process the thing I like about him is he's, he's for real, he don't bullshit with the fans, and there are some times where he he does cross a line and he does apologize for it he really does, and and let me also let me also mention this part. To anyone that believes that Jim Cornette is racist, to anyone that believes that, here's the thing. I, I can actually I can actually say that I'm a proud member of the cult family. Okay, I'm a, I'm a proud cult, cult Cornette member. And also, I've listened to all of his podcasts, and I've listened to all of the things that he says. Now, he has he has talked about a lot of political views about Donald Trump. Now, we all know he hates Donald Trump. If you have not heard any of the comments that he said about Donald Trump, you need to listen to the experience, you need to listen to the drive through I promise you, you'll be entertained by the things he says. Now, I was reading on a comment where they said that he is a sexist, that he talks about sexism and racism and everything else like that. And um. I, I, I when I hear these comments, I'm like okay, you're not a Jim Cornette fan, are you? <laughs> and that's the first thing that comes to my head because I've listened to Jim Cornette and I've listened to all the stuff that he says on the experience and on the drive-thru and there are times where he does apologize on his podcast for certain comments that he's mentioned and, you know, and he doesn't mean anything by it, but If he says it out of context, he will apologize. But if he says it out of, uh, let's say, meaningful rage, I mean, he's not going to back down. We know that. We know that. Now, the things I love about Jim Cornette, and let me view this to everybody. I love his views on on Vince Russo, because I know he doesn't like Vince Russo. And personally, to me, I don't like Vince Russo at all, personally, in my opinion. I agree with the fact that Jim Cornette should i think he should hand me a rusty fishing knife so that way i can gut him that's just my that's just my ridiculous point of view there but i'm not gonna necessarily do that to somebody i mean come on give me a fucking break here and also let me also mention another thing of how i know that jim Cornette is not a racist he doesn't like donald trump but he does like president obama well, a former President Obama, and he gives out a lot of good views and points about Obama and everything. Now, while everyone can go ahead and start saying things like, well, Jim Cornette's racist, Jim Cornette's this, Jim Cornette's that. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of people, a lot of people that hate Jim Cornette because of the supposed Racism comments and the other comments about how Jim Cornette is not with the times and Jim Cornette is this and Jim Cornette is that. Here's the thing Jim Cornette, first of all, he is a wrestling traditionalist. Okay, he, he's a guy that has known wrestling for a long, long time. He's uh, he's, he started his career uh, as a photographer. And then he became a manager, and he became great at what he does. And he's no—he's no racist. He's no racist at all. I don't know why people get that point of view. And also, here's the thing that's also so funny about this. I know that now, uh, Jim Cornette did resign. By the way, Jim Cornette did resign. And I know there's some people that are probably listening to this podcast and listening to whatever, saying, "No, well, I bet he got fired." And once again, and I heard this comment from Kenny Omega. Uh, not Kenny Omega. It was Kenny Kenny King who mentioned uh, something about that, oh, well, Jim Cornette uh, gets fired again from another company. Meanwhile, the the water is blue and the sun is sky and everything else like that. Uh, Kenny King, your career is not exactly going anywhere, so unless people are actually talking about you, shut the fuck up, okay? Now, and and, and I like Kenny King too, but he's, somewhat, he's, he's one of the biggest problems in, in wrestling in my personal point of view. But anyways... I, I you know the thing the racist comment once again I, I don't I don't see what I mean I can I can see it I can read it I can understand it but to point that Jim Cornette is a racist individual you gotta be out of your fucking mind to say that you really got to I mean and, and, and here and there's also another thing and, and this is something even if this if Jordan Miles were to step in and, and hear about this comment and trust me you know Jordan Miles don't even get me started on this dude this fucking dude talks about how WWE is racist and all this other shit when when he's just going out of his fucking mind he blows up on Twitter like a motherfucker almost every single week it's like nobody gives a shit about what he's talking about but the funny thing is people don't give a shit about what Jordan Miles has to say but yet when Jim Cornette comes into the picture a lot of people fucking care they do and I know that. And the thing is, look, Jim Cornette, greatest manager of all time. Is that going to stop me from watching NWA Power? No. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm the biggest wrestling fan in the world. I'm not going to change that. Am I going to stop listening to the experience? Am I going to stop listening to the drive through just because of a ridiculous comment that seemed funny? And you have, to also, you have to also understand another thing. There's a majority of the audience, especially in the mainstream, you got a mixture of people that that liked the comment that he said. It was funny. It was okay. There wasn't anything racist about it. Unless there was a black man involved in the ring. I mean, then I can understand it being racist. But there was no black man involved in the ring. That's the thing I don't understand. That's the, that's the thing that confuses the fuck out of me. I don't get it. I mean, another part of the fans... Some find it funny, but then there's some that are are looking at Jim Cornette and say, ah, he got fired, ah, Jim Cornette's done, Jim Cornette shouldn't be saying comments like Jim Cornette shit. You know, here's the thing, I know this for plain fact, and I know that even Jim Cornette, and even the great Brian Lass is probably listening to this podcast right now as we speak, Know that Jim Cornette is going to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. That's the bottom line. He's going to speak the truth. He's going to speak his mind and say what he wants. But I think also Jim Cornette will also realize that you know maybe he did cross the line. Maybe he did do something wrong and maybe he will apologize. Now... And just to give everyone a little feedback here and just to give everyone an idea, and just because the main event wants to do this on my main event talk podcast, if you guys want to get an opportunity to listen to the the experience, all you got to do is go over to, uh, you can follow Jim Cornette at uh, twitter.com slash at the Jim Cornette. And you can also follow Brian Lasswell at uh, twitter.com slash at great Brian Lass. And you can follow them on the experience this Friday because I'm very curious as to what Jim Cornette is going to say. Uh, about these, um, well, we'll call them allegations. Because as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Jim Cornette's not a racist. I'm not going to stop being a uh, being a Cornette fan. I dig the podcast. I dig the I dig the drive-through. I dig the experience. I'm very, you know, interested as to what it is. And also for 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 Jim Cornette to resign from the NWA. Let me tell you something. And I and I'm speaking this as a fan. And I'm also speaking this as a human being. Uh, I think it was the right move for Jim Cornette. And also you have to, you have to also understand the years that Jim Cornette has been in the wrestling business for a long, long time. It's not like he doesn't hate professional wrestling. He, he just hates bad professional wrestling, especially when it comes to people like Joey Ryan and Priscilla Kelly and, and, and Vince Russo and all, you know all these type of people that basically like to ruin professional wrestling and they'll sit here and they'll give me all these ridiculous comments oh well we're making wrestling a whole lot better oh we're making wrestling you know Jim Cornette doesn't want to go with the times because we're trying to make wrestling better for everybody you know what you're doing you're shitting on the fucking business and you're not giving a damn about how this business is going because while the NWA is putting out great wrestling matches and putting out good stuff You guys are out there doing all these ridiculous, stupid shit that people watch, and you call that professional wrestling. This is exactly why I listen to Jim Cornette. I don't go ahead and decide that, you know, hey, this is good wrestling, and that's bad wrestling, and blah, blah, blah. I know what's good, and I know what's bad. And there was a time where... Uh, you know, I I was always someone that hated Vince Russo a long time ago, and then all of a sudden, when I when I hear Jim Cornette talk about it, it's like, oh fuck! Well, Jim Cornette knows what the fuck we're talking about and everything, so I dig that. That's why I follow his podcast, and that's and, and I'm not an old man like Jim Cornette, okay? Now, well, actually, let me correct that. I'm somewhat of an old man, <laughs> but but I'm not gonna tell Jim Cornette to his face and tell him, hey, you need to fix your fucking ways. No, no, he's he's from he's from fucking he's from Kentucky, okay? He's from Kentucky. I, I'm from Texas, you know. I'm from Corpus Christi, Texas. Just to <laughs> let Jim Cornette know. Um, I'm I'm not going to tell Jim Cornette what to do. It's up to him. It's up to him. If you want to go ahead and go on social media and go ahead and tweet your guts out and mention all the fucking comments that you want to, that's fine. You do what you can. You do what you want. You go ahead and say whatever the fuck you want about Jim Cornette. But here's the thing that I'll say right here, right now. The comments he made, I don't think personally was racist. It may have been out of line. It may have been out of line. But... Unless there was a black man in the ring then it would be called racist. There was no black man in the ring There was an Englishman. There was a southern boy from Texas in the ring while Jim Cornette made that Well, we'll, we'll make that ridiculous comment. I Don't look at it as racist. I don't I don't and Jim Cornette will even tell you. He's not a racist straight up so the point is guys is all, all I can say is, you gotta view the um, the experience this coming Friday. If you follow Jim Cornette, and if you follow the great Brian Lass, you'll be able to see the, uh, or you you'll be able to hear the experience coming up this coming Friday. Listening to it on uh, Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, on uh, you can also hear it on Spotify as well. Uh, and I'm just uh, I'm extending my my deal to Jim Cornette. If you and Brian Lester are listening to this, all I can say to you guys is, Jim, uh, I am a huge fan of you. I dig your work. I love who you are. You're for real. You're the fucking shit. I love listening to the experience. I love listening to Drive Through. You bring such a good joy and such a great entertainment, good form of entertainment for me and you're you're one of the reasons why you know I'm a professional wrestling fan too just like, you know, most of the cult of cornette, you know, that follow along with this and everything and I I'm someone that does not give a fuck about, you know, people like Joey Ryan and Vince Russo and all those other outlaw mug show ridiculous shit. And, oh, uh, uh, but, but there is one thing that I will tell you, you know, while while, while you're listening to this. I and, I and I'll say this because I know that you don't like Kenny Olivier because <laughs> you said that a couple of times. I, I do like... Kenny Omega, I, I do. I, I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's a great star. He's not a big star. He, he, and, and, <laughs> I know that he. I know that a lot of people would say that uh, Kenny Omega is the great, the, the greatest wrestler of all time. But, but unless he's actually beaten a great wrestling star, I'll buy it. But in the meantime, Kenny Omega is just another wrestler trying to be number one in the United States. This ain't Japan, okay? Let's get that out of the way. So Jim Cornette to uh, the great Brian Lasswell, if you both listen to this, all, all I can say is I'm behind you 100%, and I can't wait to listen to the experience and, uh, well, I don't know, I mean, all, all I can say is, um, you know, if people are going to find this offensive of what Jim Cornette said, that's fine, I mean, everyone's, everyone's entitled to their opinion, everyone has an opinion, so do I, and, and all, all I can say about this is that, you know, Whatever Jim Cornette does on Friday, if he apologizes, he apologizes. All I know is he hasn't really said much. He's not going to do much. But until Friday, he's going to... He's going to come back. I don't know what he's going to say, but a lot of fans are going to be curious as to what Jim Cornette is going to say. But like I said before, if you guys want to listen to the experience, all you got to do is go over to Google Podcasts, go over to Apple Podcasts, go over to Spotify, and wherever you find your your podcast, listen to it, and I promise you, if you like the experience, you'll know what's up. For those that don't like the experience, listen to it anyway. Okay, so... <laughs> I, I know that the whole thing with Jim Cornette was crazy, but to, to, to me personally, like I said, I like Jim Cornette. I, I just think that it was funny. I just think it was funny. And I know some people will probably tell me, well, you're probably a racist too. Give me a fucking break. I'm not a racist. I've got, I've got a lot of fucking friends who are, who are black, who are Latino, who are green, who are orange, who are purple, who are yellow, blue too, blue, red, and gold. And that reminds me, oh, shit, we got to talk about fucking... <laughs> I was going to talk about Survivor Series, but actually I wanted to talk about what happened at NXT and what happened at AEW Dynamite. I did get a chance to see both shows. Uh, I have not seen the full length of both shows, but no doubt I'll be able to get a chance to see them. But I did see parts of it and everything. Now, for those of you that have listened to my podcast, I would mentioned that uh, on... A few occasions on my Facebook and on my Twitter, I mentioned that this will be the week that there could be a possible chance that NXT could finally win the war with AEW this week. In the past, what are we, five, six weeks coming into the Wednesday Night War, right? Um, We're going on five weeks, and AEW has been ahead of the ratings, you know, with nxt but they are still losing an audience they are still losing an audience they've been kind of going up they've you know sort of went down by a thousand a hundred thousand somewhere around that range of stuff nxt has lost a lot of viewers themselves and everything and the only thing that the fans have been saying is that the only way nxt is going to be better is if they bring in the big stars they bring in the big guns and and with this invasion angle that they got going I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be amazing. We're going to be able to see what's going to happen with um, Raw and SmackDown. Triple H had already made the announcement on Monday Night Raw where he mentioned that the door is open for anyone to show up, whether it's NXT or, or whether it's Raw or SmackDown. So I look at that as, oh, fuck, yeah. So this is this is the opening that they needed. Now, there have been some people that have talked to me and have said that... Um, Ah, this should, the build-up should have started right when uh, they said November 9th or 10th or whatever and and, and all this other stuff. My, my view of it is you're not going to go ahead and have Raw and SmackDown appear on NXT right away. Now, if you get some of Raw to appear in one week, and then some of SmackDown to appear in the next, then that's fine. You're not going to boost up the ratings all the way, but you're going to get it to a point where, okay, you're you're just trying to build this whole thing up for Survivor Series, and also trying to build up things for NXT TakeOver War Games, so you got to build that up. So, we're in the final week of, of Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver War Games, okay? Now, the only thing that I suggested is, is that if this is going to be the final week, then bring out all the big guns. I'm saying bring Raw, bring SmackDown, get NXT, get a fight going, get something, you know, uh, going and everything else like that. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about, uh, before we get into NXT, let me get into some of the stuff that happened at AEW. I saw a couple of things that came, uh, that happened, including the, uh, let's see, I saw Darby Allin versus Jon Moxley. Uh, that was a good match in itself and Darby Allen and, and I'll be honest, Darby Allen did not have a chance against John Moxley. And John Moxley was gonna kill Darby Allen and that's exactly what happened at the end of the night. He went ahead and pretty much did did exactly what he did to Darby Allen. Did you see the entrance that Darby Allen did? Some people were were saying that Darby Allen is now called Darby Taker. And I was like Really? You're going to compare you're going to compare Darby Allin to The Undertaker? He comes out, there's these druids or these people, we'll call them people, bringing in this body bag. And this body bag contained the letters M O X, which obviously means Moxley. And he turns it over and he unzips the uh, it's a body bag by the way, it's a body bag. Unzips the body bag, he comes out in it and he comes out with the surfer with the uh, skateboard and everything now that that i gotta say that's pretty innovative that's very very innovative the last thing i remember uh the thing that i saw darby allen did about what was it a month ago i think it was right at the beginning of the uh aew dynamite was where not the beginning of aew dynamite i think it was the second week where darby allen was coming down in a skateboard attacking uh chris jericho that was the coolest thing i've ever seen that was very very cool i dig that you know So, now, Darby Allen comes out in a body bag, zips it open, and here he comes out. And that, that, that was a pretty, pretty good entrance right there. It's very good. I wouldn't exactly call him Darby Taker. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. It's just going to make some people mad, including The Undertaker, but that's, you know, me talking. But anyway, besides... Besides that one, there was also uh, another thing that I saw. And this involved, um, this involved, what, what who was it? Oh, the segment involving Chris Jericho and Scorpio Sky. Now, let me tell you something. I am digging where this is going. Now, you had SCU on one side, and you had Jack Hager and Chris Jericho on the other side. He has this huge announcement that he's going to make. <sighs> now I wasn't sure exactly what the major announcement was that he said I don't think I paid attention to it but I think I remember something about uh, what Chris Jericho mentioned he, he was he tried to say he's sorry and then he went ahead and brilliantly took the microphone and put it in Jack Hager's mouth and he said sorry which is you know that's that's what the bodyguards there for and everything right so then I see um, I see SCU I see Scorpio Sky, Christopher Daniels, and you know Frankie Kazarian right there in the ring with um, Chris Jericho, and this was this was pretty good. I loved what I saw. They both were cutting some very good promos. It was very, very good. SCU played played a major role in it. Scorpio Sky to me is a star. He's a huge star. And don't get me wrong, I love um, I love Frankie Kazarian and I love Christopher Daniels. I have fo- followed their career for a long, long time, since the days of not just Ring of Honor but the days of uh, TNA wrestling a long time ago. And these guys were tremendous tag team. I dig them together. Scorpio Sky when I first saw him a year ago. This dude was a fucking star, and he, he's an even bigger star now because now Chris Jericho makes this announcement where he's going to go one-on-one against Scorpio Sky for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship because, as you guys know, Scorpio Sky defeated Chris Jericho in the middle of the ring and actually ending the streak of Jericho, and and <laughs> oh god, that, that that just sounded funny to me. Let me say it again. He ended the streak of Jericho. <laughs> <coughs> I'm sorry. That just said just. It sounds good, but it sounds funny to me. I don't know why. But nonetheless, next week at um, AEW Dynamite, is going to be Scorpio Sky going one-on-one against Chris Jericho for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And to me personally, this is going to be where Scorpio Sky will probably, and I don't think it'll happen just yet, but Scorpio Sky will probably become the first AEW superstar to become a double champion. Him being a tag team champion, and if he beats Chris Jericho, he could be the AEW World Heavyweight Champion and bring in the World Heavyweight Championship to the SCU camp. That's going to be interesting to check out as well. Now, There's also another thing that I saw, um, uh, it was uh, some sort of Dirty Dozen Battle Royal, I didn't see all of it, but I saw a couple of clips of it, including a couple of things that I saw that I, oh god, oh my fucking god, what was I watching, okay, I'm not going to get into the entire Battle royal. I'm just going to clip on to the ones that I am going to mention on this. Because, quite frankly, this is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Now, the first thing we'll talk about, Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn was in the ring. And, you know, this was a tremendous deal. And, and yes, MJF was in there, too. The biggest star of the company, by the way. And I see Billy Gunn in the ring. And there's all these other wrestlers. And I'm not really paying attention to them that much. I may have to pay any attention to it when I see the replay of it again. Um, I see Billy Gunn in the ring. And then I see... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm going to need... I'm drinking a Sprite right now. But I wish I was drinking a beer. Because this is absolutely fucking ridiculous. So, I see... Badass Billy Gunn, face-to-face with Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, I'm, where the fuck do I begin with this shit? Okay, just a suspense with the formalities, guys. Orange Cassidy goes right to Billy Gunn and gives him a shin kick from one side to the other. And the crowd was getting into it and everything else like that. And I was looking at that shit right away. And the first thing I said was, what in the fuck am I watching? Oh, God, let me see. We got Billy Gunn. A guy is a former tag team champion, former Intercontinental champion, former hardcore champion. He had held... He was part of the New Age Outlaws, one of the greatest tag teams of our time. He is a WWE Hall of Famer, and he's in the ring with this fucking... Oh, God. Okay. But there was a bright side to all this, and the bright side was... While he was going for the shin kick and the crowd was getting into what the fuck he was, whatever the hell he was doing. Then MJF comes in, gets him, throws him out the fucking building. He is fucking done. Orange Cassidy has left the building thanks to Mr. MJF. Thank you very much. Oh, my fucking God, that was cool. And, 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 and then we go from bad to worse. Or, or, or we go from worse to bad. I don't know how the fuck this goes. Now. I didn't expect it but we all knew this was going to happen. Now. Sunny Kiss. <coughs> now, I'm not going to lie about this. I think Sunny Kiss is a tremendous athlete. I think he's he's okay. But I am um, I I I don't know what the fuck this did, you, did I, I'm just just to give everyone an idea of what I saw. Sonny Kiss was shaking his ass in front of badass Billy Gunn. And Billy Gunn was about to do the same. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, dude? What the hell's the matter with you? Sonny Kiss over here shaking his ass. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? Am I watching a Royal Rumble? Am I watching a fucking other dance show with fucking Rikishi? I'm like, god and then and then the the once again something else came in that came into visual aid first it was orange cassidy now sunny kiss gets the throwaway treatment at the hands of mr mjf thank you very much sir oh my god and uh, and of course uh, i think the winner of that battle royal was mjf ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about heels you want to talk about people who are better than heels this is the greatest heel of all time i'm talking about mjf i dig him he's a fucking shit he's the great he's the best heel i've seen in a long long time and yes he will say it he is better than all of you okay <laughs> Now, I'm not going to suspense with the formalities on the rest of the show. However, I am going to do the ridiculous thing, and I'm going to do this when I can. I'm going to try and watch the rest of AEW, you know, just to get an idea and fully enlarge my brain with all of this ridiculousness. There were there were a couple of good points with AEW, but however, got uh, th- there was one thing, however, that I will mention that was also good, and I, and I forgot to mention this because I'm um, obviously to mention NXT next. Um... Phoenix versus I think it was Matt Jackson I think or, or Nick I think I'm, I'm, it, it's t- it's tough to tear those two apart I think it was Matt Jackson but Matt Jackson gets Ray, uh, Ray Phoenix and I gotta say my fucking God the opening matchup between those two man that was <laughs> that was good now it's been a long time since Matt Jackson has been a singles competitor. He's always been known as a tag team specialist. And Ray Phoenix, I've seen him in the days of not just a AAA promotion over in Mexico, but he was also part of Lucha Underground. And he was just so fucking awesome. I mean, those two put on one hell of a match between these two. And it was just so out... You know, it was so fucking badass. I'd I'd give anything to watch that match over and over and over and over again. That was just such a badass match. I digged it. It was awesome. You know, man. But uh, nonetheless, and I'll say this because it's true, despite the ridiculous showing that I saw on AEW Dynamite, there were a couple of things that that were good about the show. I think AEW put on another outstanding show, and I think it's going to uh, pretty much, I I think the ratings of the show are going to really go up. I I think it's going to be, I think AEW... I'm not going to get my hopes up, but I think it will go to the million mark. I'm going to say it's going to draw possibly... It's going to be at the 100, at the million mark. I think it will go there. They're going to probably draw a million viewers. Hell, they were close to somewhere around, what, 900,000 uh, 900, viewers, right, from the last year, last week, I think. But nonetheless, I think AEW is going to do good. Also, let's talk about... NXT, let's talk about what we saw tonight, Uh, there were a couple things that I saw Um, a couple of things that I noticed, and before I get into let's see, what did I see in NXT Uh, obviously the first matchup that I saw was, I believe it was a face-to-face encounter, a badass face-to-face encounter, between Becky Lynch the Raw Women's Champion and also the first ever former NXT UK women's champion, Rhea Ripley. Those two had uh, a badass matchup. They were so fucking awesome together. I, I think the women have really taken over, not just WWE, but taken over NXT, so they did a tremendous tremendous job on that. Uh, another thing that happened was... Uh, I'm trying to remember what else took place. I think there was... Um, uh, what did I see? Oh, okay, okay. I remember what I saw. I remember seeing um, Adam Cole versus Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, the winner of that matchup will get an advance in the War Games match that will take place on Saturday. And not to suspense with the formalities, uh, Donna, Donovan Dijakovic didn't win it. Adam Cole did. He won the matchup. And then, of course, the attack took place with Raw and SmackDown appearing on both shows. Now. Now, I'm not going to get into the entire situation with NXT. I think they did just as good of a job as they did with um, uh, with AEW. Now, NXT put on a good show, and they did exactly what I knew would take place. Everyone's been complaining about this crap about, well, NXT needs to have some big-time stars to make their show a whole lot interesting. Well, the Invasion angle came in. You got all these big stars from SmackDown. You got all these big stars from Raw. But have you noticed that none of the real big guns showed up? Did you notice that? I mean, I noticed Seth Rollins. I I noticed Shinsuke Nakamura. The Undisputed Era was there. What about... um, There were several... Several people from Raw that I saw, Drew McIntyre was there. That was good. That was fine. I was expecting, you know, I was expecting a little bit more out of Raw and a little bit more out of SmackDown. And it was, you know, even though despite the fact that the invasion angle worked out perfectly for NXT, for Raw, and for SmackDown, it was a bit disappointing because there were a couple people that did not show that I thought would show some sort of unity. One of them was Roman Reigns. You notice that Roman Reigns did not show up. He wasn't there. He wasn't there at all. Uh, I think Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville, they didn't show up either. But at the same time, well, you know, they're not exactly big-time stars, but (laughs) we'll see. And also, uh, did AJ Styles show up? I think think he did show up in, in NXT. I think he showed up over there as well. There were several factors. I mean, there were, you know... The invasion angle was good. I digged it. I love some of the matches, including the matchup with the old tag team from NXT versus the new tag team from NXT. The NXT tag team champions, the Revi- uh, the um, the undisputed era's Bobby Lashley. I'm sorry, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, taking on the old NXT team of the revival. And I got to say, guys, this, this was this was some damn good tag team wrestling. This was the fucking shit. And even though the Undisputed Era won the revival, you know what, dude? And I'm saying this because it's true. We need to change up the Survivor Series matchup. I do not want to see this, and I think a lot of people will agree on this when I say we don't want to see the Viking Raiders versus the Undisputed Era versus the New Day. We want to see the Viking Raiders versus the Undisputed Era versus the Revival, because number one, it makes sense, number two, it'll be entertaining, and number three, more importantly, and this is kind of the thing that I've said before, and I'll say it again, the New Day needs to break up already. It needs to be done, it needs to be over we need to put this shit out to pasture, because as far as I'm concerned, the New Day is over the fucking hill, and they need to go down already, all right? It needs to be done, all right? I'm sorry. I just don't feel the new day anymore. But uh, nonetheless, I'll probably get a chance to watch AEW Dynamite again and then watch NXT all over again, you know, just to get a vibe of everything that goes on. Both shows did outstanding. Both shows did great. But now all it comes down to is the ratings. All it comes down to is what's going to happen. Is AEW Dynamite going to beat NXT for the seventh week in a row or the sixth week, depending? Or will NXT finally... Finally get a win over AEW. Hell AEW well they you know some people were saying that AEW dynamite was trending worldwide on on Twitter. They were actually number one. But when I looked at it, it was number two. It was number two. Number one was the 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 debate debate thing. NXT was trending number it was number eight and then it went up to number seven. (laughs) that we're trying to get up and everything else like that. So nonetheless, we'll find out who wins on the Monday Night Wars, uh, on the Wednesday Night Wars. I'll get uh, get an opportunity to mention that on the second part of the main event talk. Now, let's get into what we need to talk about now, the most important element in the history of this industry. We all talk about the big event Survivor Series coming up, but right next to Survivor Series, just like SummerSlam, just like Survivor Series, just like WrestleMania, and just like the Royal Rumble, there's always a better event than all of those combined and it i and i am talking about nxt takeover war games nxt takeover is coming and this is the third installment the third war games now i had a chance to uh i viewed the first war games uh a couple of days ago digged it loved it and i'm gonna have to kill spectrum because they're killing my internet And I paid for that internet just a couple of days ago. And I need to tell them I need a new modem, okay? I need a new modem so that way I'll be able to watch NXT TakeOver War Games 3. I'll have to kill them as soon as possible. Spectrum, you're on notice at the hands of the main event. But anyways, a couple of matches have already been set up as far as I see it for NXT TakeOver. So let me give you guys an idea because um, we don't have anything... uh uh, uh. nothing's locked down as far as i know it right now but a couple of matches that are going to take place at nxt takeover will happen so let me the first matchup i got written down here is finn balor will go one-on-one against Matt Riddle now as you guys know Matt Riddle was originally supposed to be a part of Team Champa. he decided to take himself out because he wanted to go after Finn Balor and that's what's going to happen now in this matchup I'm just going to give you my prediction right here right now I think Finn Balor is going to win and it's going to be an obvious win and also um expect Finn Balor to come out as a different person we know that any time when NXT TakeOver comes around and any time when Finn Balor shows up, we know he's going to come out as the demon. But what happens, and I think I mentioned this on my last podcast, what happens if Finn Balor were to come out as a different character, not as the <coughs> demon? I mean, what, what if we were to see Finn Balor comes out as a different character? They all talk about how, um, you know, because you know, Finn Balor was known as the prince a long time ago, Prince Divided. And what happens, I've seen some of the things that he did in his career, not just come out as a demon, but he's come out as Venom, he's come out as the Joker, he's come out as, um, what else did he come out as? Uh, oh, Jack the Ripper, he came out as Jack the Ripper last time. Expect Finn Balor to come out as a different individual. He could come out as, and I, and I predicted this, he could come out as the Joker. Oh, yeah, he could definitely come out as a Joker to face off against Finn Balor, I, uh, to face off against Matt Riddle. I think that's going to happen. That's going to be tr- tremendous. A triple threat match is going to take place over at NXT TakeOver, as I got this written down here. It's going to be Killian Dane versus Damian Priest versus Pete Dunne. These three have been going at it for the past couple of weeks. And the main event is so interested in this one. I think the winner of this matchup, it's not going to be Killian Dane. It's not going to be Pete Dunne. I'm actually going to go with Damian Priest on this one. Because, number one, I have been following Damian Priest's career since he was known as... Punishment Martinez and I have digged this I have did this dude for a long long time and I said very quickly when the WWE decided to get him into NXT I said this dude's gonna be a major star and nobody sees it yet and when he came out He came out as Punishment Martinez from the beginning, but then they went ahead and changed his name to Damian Priest. Now, some people had their criticisms and say that, you know, that's not a good name for him. I thought, well, you know what? They've come up with some good names for people at NXT, so we'll see how this goes. And so far, Damian Priest has impressed a lot of people. He's impressed me. He has impressed Jim Cornette. He knows because he's followed this whole thing as well. So in this triple threat match, Pete Dunne and Killian Dane are both going to lose to... Damian Priest. Expect that to happen over at NXT TakeOver War Games. Now, we're going to talk about the two war game matches. Uh, let's talk about Tommaso Champa, Team Champa, versus the Undisputed Era. Now, we know that the Undisputed Era has been a part of War Games in the past three years. The first time, the War Games came to Undisputed Era, and then last year's War Games, the Undisputed Era, was not so lucky when they lost at the hands of the team of Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and the Viking Raiders. War Games is awesome. War Games is tremendous. And this year is going to be no exception. So the Undisputed Era is going to take on the team of Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. Now, there has not been a fourth man released yet. We don't know who the fourth man is. I thought at first it was going to be Johnny Gargano, but we know that he's injured and there's no way he's going to be able to compete in War Games this year. So another person that comes to mind is the Velveteen Dream. So there could be a possibility of him being in this team, but I've been looking through some reports and the things that I found out is there's a possibility that the Velveteen Dream may not be able to appear at NXT TakeOver WarGames. As a matter of fact, the initial report that I got was that the possibility of the Velveteen Dream coming in, he was going to come in in late November, but I think his injury has kind of hurt him a little bit more. They're going to let the Velveteen Dream rest it out, and he may possibly return back into the ring until 2012, about 2020 of January. So that could possibly happen there. So the question is, who will the fourth guy be to take the place of, you know, to be the fourth guy to be a part of Team Champa? Nobody knows about it yet. I'm, I'm still going to stick with the Velveteen Dream because I think it's, the, you know, it's the right idea and I think it'll make sense, but we'll see what happens. Tommaso Ciampa, once again, it consists of the team captain, Tommaso Ciampa, to have Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic And a fourth person to be announced later to take on the Undisputed Era of the NXT Champion Adam Cole, the NXT Tag Team Champions Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and the NXT North American Champion Roderick Strong. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to check this out. I'm going to actually, and I'm going to call this like I see it, as much as I'd love to see the Undisputed Era win, I think we're going to give it to Team Champa. I think they're going to win this one. I think they're going to take it on. And whoever this fourth guy is could be the difference maker in this matchup. Now, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty right here, guys. The women are going to take part in war games, and I believe this is going to probably be the main event for that matchup. It's going to be Team Baszler, versus Team Ripley and Team Baszler, you got the team captain herself, Shayna Baszler she's going to be teaming up with Io Shirai Bianca Belair and the NXT UK Women's Champion Kaylee Ray and they're going to take on Team Ripley Team Ripley is going to consist of Rhea Ripley Candice LeRae Mia Yim and Tegan Mox Uh, Knox, yeah now This is going to be interesting because the women have done a lot of firsts in WWE. Everything from them being a part of the first Hell in the Cell to being a part of the Royal Rumble to headlining WrestleMania to doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, Even having their first steel cage at NXT, which took place about about a year ago, to be exact, or about a couple of months ago, I think. I think I believe these women are going to headline it, and I think what will happen is in this matchup, I will expect Team Baszler to, well, and I'm going to say this because it's true. Baszler has been unstoppable. I ain't going to lie to you. I think Team ba- I think Team Baszler's got a good group. you got Io Shirai, who is who uh, is badass, uh, Bianca Belair, who is the future, and uh, Kaylee Ray is insane. She's fucking wicked, and I dig her. If you talk about a badass team, that's a badass team right there for you. And Rhea Ripley, to me, she is going to be the one to take out, you know, Shayna Baszler and win that championship. I see that happening sometime in the near future. And her teammates, you know, Candice LeRae, of course, that's the wife of uh, Johnny Gargano. Mia Yim, I've seen her. I, I know what she has um, to bring to the table. She is amazing. And Tegan Knox, uh, she was out for a long time and then she returned to the ring several weeks ago i'm wondering how she's going to hold up in war games i think in this match i'm going to actually i'm going to go um unless i change my mind i'm going to actually i'm going to go with team baszler no i team team ripley i think as much as i'd love to go for team baszler because i think she'll win i think team baszler is going to win it but i'm going to go with team ripley i think there's there's something there that I'm witnessing, there's something that I'm going to check out, and all I know is the women are going to put on a good show, the women are going to really take over NXT, pretty much take over at TakeOver War Games this coming Saturday night on the WWE Network. So, guys, we're getting closer to the end of the Main Event Talk podcast, so I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. But before I do, like I said, this is the first of two. We talked about War Games, and now in the next podcast, which will be released on its regular time on Saturday, we're going to talk about WWE Survivor Series, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, what's going to happen with all three of these teams, and who, what team is going to be able to own the night, so to speak. And don't forget to check out WWE's NXT TakeOver War Games 3. That's going to happen on the WWE Network That should be a tremendous event as well that's going to happen on Saturday night and everything else like that. Oh, and before I go ahead and go, uh, Knife Party is going to be doing a show over at the House of Rock this coming Saturday night. I think the tickets go on sale and everything else like that. They have their merchandise all set and ready to go. I may have to get my merchandise from them as soon as possible. So, guys, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Main Event Talk podcast. Part one is done, and get ready for part two. We're going to talk about WWE Survivor Series, and it's going to look so fucking amazing. I'm going to be ready. So, guys, thank you once again to listen to this podcast, and I will see you next time on another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Why? Because I can, and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. NXT TakeOver. War Games.